Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Throwing Up Bricks podcast, episode 6. As always, I hope you're having a great day, and I am Jared, and that is Jake. The Supreme Court has its own private basketball court with the nickname, the highest court in the land. (laughs) Really? No way. That's amazing. (laughs) I like thinking of all those judges in their robes, just like throwing up shots. (laughs) Crossing each other up. Crossed each other up. Ruth Bader Ginsburg pulling up from three. (laughs) And the verdict is swish. (laughs) Oh, man. So we we got a lot of good, uh, getting back to the NBA, we got a lot of good content to cover. Um, Yesterday's slate of games was awesome. Yeah, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air. I don't know about you, but the last few games kind of felt draggy. People were kind of waiting out for the playoffs. But yesterday, teams were locked in. It was like March Madness, a whole day of beautiful basketball. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> we were definitely getting a uh, cruise into the finish line sort of vibe there for a bit. And um, yeah, I'm glad we got an exciting breath of fresh air, like you said, uh, slate of games there. So uh, before we, we hop into it, um, as always, if you want to reach out, you can always do so um, by email. Uh, our email is throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. Uh, one more time, that's throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. That's the pod name, no spaces, no periods, no blah, blah, blahs, <laughs> just the pod name of the JJ at the end. And we're available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify? <laughs> kind of. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, we did the application process. We got it all set. It, we're basically just pending approval, which is what we had to go through for all the other locations. So I think... I think this podcast should be the first one is, you know, assuming we get approved. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Sorry. We'll get there. Just stay with us. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's jump into it then. Get a boo. Get a boo, Jake. Let's hit it. All right. So we got um, a big slate of games to cover, all of them which were pretty close and, and really competitive. So... Let's not waste any time dilly-dallying around. Let's get right into it. Clippers-Blazers, the first game of the day at 10 a.m. Clips-Blaze. What do you you want to say about that game? I mean, obviously, let's right off the bat, let's start with the ending. Uh, The two missed free throws could be the difference between the Blazers making the play-in games or not. You never know with how close the West is right now. Uh, But, man, that's true. This, this, this was a, a battle. These two teams don't like each other, mostly just because Dame and Paul George and they, those guys have beef. Um, but it was, it was a good Patrick all-around Beverly game. Beverly is always an irritant, right? What's that? Sorry, uh, Patrick Beverly is always an irritant, too. He always throws a wrench in plans. Even when he's not playing. He's on the bench, he and he's, he's, they're panning the camera on him and all this He's stuff. a heckler, man. He's Unbelievable. Just, that's what he is. Well, let's talk about the Blazers first. Your boy Gary Trent, again, had a fantastic game. My boy Gary Trent, dude. He's if there's a like surprise MVP of the bubble, this man's name is at the top of the list. <laughs> he has been lights out. He's been lights out. Another thing is their rotation was really tight. Obviously, they don't have Whiteside right now, um, but I don't know. I just feel like the Blazers go as far as their starting five can take them. Um, in addition to, to Gary Trent, they really do. Um, because they've, they've shortened their rotation accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they really only play eight guys on any given night. Terry Stotts is, like, yanking that chain. <laughs> He's not letting anybody except those eight out on the floor. And um, 
I guess for good reason. When you look down the bench and you see Mario Hazonia, you're not exactly inspired. <laughs> um, I, I can't believe that guy's still in the league. Amen. <laughs> Is there a more overhyped player that has done less? Anthony Bennett, maybe? But that was injuries, I guess. But <laughs> all I know no. about Hazonia is like once or twice a year he'll just dunk on somebody like LeBron or something crazy, and then he'll stare him down. Like, dude, just all right, you're you're a scrub. Take it easy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So they they are thin. You're right. Without their starting five, you know, they don't, you don't take that into account. They are super thin. And um, I mean, Gary Trent. I'm sorry to keep harping on him, but he was a godsend for them because mm-hmm. I mean, he's averaging 20 a game in the in this bubble. Mm-hmm. Without that 20 a game, can you imagine where they'd be? Yeah, Not pretty. Yeah, they I can't agree. guard a big. I agree. And on the other side here, the Clippers down their best player uh, because Doc Rivers was apparently trying to throw the game so that the Lakers would have to play the Blazers in the first. <laughs> Uh, he was yeah. trying but yeah this game was a perfect uh example of why the clippers are so scary it was a complete team effort um nobody really went off everybody just did their job landry was hitting his shots jamichael green came off the bench played solid jackson's getting to the rim like he has been all bubble uh that's when they terrified me the most is when they're down their best player and a six man of the year candidate in Montrose harrell and they can still come up with a win yeah they are dangerous I mean, you've been saying it all along. Um, yeah, they're just so versatile, mm-hmm. and they do have a next man up mentality with pretty much everybody back there. I mean, even their their deep bench guys like Pat Pat and Jamichael Green, like those are legitimate rotation NBA players. Yeah, like they could be a top, you know, seven rotation kind of player for another team, and that and in this team, they're like a top ten rotation. Yeah, um, it feels so like it's. Every game they're down somebody. They're down Pat Bev, Kawhi, somebody, and they still just look as good as ever. It's, it's a godsend for a team that's looking to make a run here. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've been dealing with that all year, so maybe that's why. Maybe mm-hmm. they've just kind of gotten used to it. And I don't know. Any every team kind of goes through their injury bouts, right, during the playoffs uh, in a normal kind of season. So maybe that'll that'll be a good practice for them. You know, maybe that'll show up in the clutch. You know, they're just being used to not having their full complement of yeah. players. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this was huge. Um, I don't think <laughs> Portland needed their help, though. I think even despite this setback, Portland's going to take that eight seed. Um, yeah, I agree. It was a little off game for Dame, but I think he'll bounce back today. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Going to go on to the next game? Yeah, moving on to the first overtime of the day, the double overtime, Jazz Nuggets. This was a fantastic game as well. Two teams that are uh, potentially going to play each other in the playoffs. Um, and first of all, right off the bat, dude, Donovan Mitchell, dude is a stud. He is a stud. He's been struggling a little bit in the bubble. Um, just to, to recap for everybody, the Nuggets defeated the Jazz 134 to 132 in overtime. So this was tight all the way down to the wire. Um, yeah, Mitchell's a stud, man. He is. He just needs help. He's yeah. all he needs help. And it's weird to say that about a guy who's is this his third or fourth year? His third year. His third. And we're already saying he needs help. I feel like we we this is a point in general. I feel like younger and younger and younger with guys, we're getting on the train of like, this guy needs help. He needs support. Like, is yeah. there already whispers of Donovan Mitchell leaving the Jazz? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I mean, even in the regular season, people were saying that about Trey Young, of all people. Yeah. The Hawks aren't even like a contender. Like, yeah. they're nowhere near the playoffs. And people are like, Trey Young needs help. Trey Young needs help. What's he going to do? So, like, this is a weird trend that we're seeing with these young studs who are driving offensive engines of teams. And we're seeing, like, they just need more help. They need a, a second star. I thought the Jazz were really overhyped coming into the season. I remember a lot of people with the signing of Conley were saying they were a dark horse contender. 
Um, I think they're a solid team, no doubt. They've got two star players and Gobert and, and Conley on a solid bench. Uh, but what I think they're really missing right now is Bogdanovich. He's, it's been clear how important he was to this team in his absence. Just somebody who can knock down threes and spread the floor instead of having to rely on Donovan to make plays every time down the floor. You're 100% right. They're, they're missing a lot of shooting, a lot of spacing, first of all. But he also just gives them a playmaking aspect mm-hmm. that they're kind of like a gel sort of thing right like he was just when when the play broke down you could go to him you didn't always have to go to donovan mitchell right um so that's a little underrated um i mean joe ingles had a much better game this time around you know he went for 13 assists in this game which Mm -hmm. is much more you know jingling joe the distributor kind of the glue of the offense yeah um but he had been struggling in the bubble yeah 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 so maybe going forward and I mean, it's like next year because clearly we don't think they're going all the way this year but maybe next year they really need to think about this mike conley joe ingles pairing because there's something with those two guys where like they cannot both be good on the team yeah like when one's out the other one shines mm-hmm. um or when the other one's out the other one shines right and it, it's this weird dichotomy where they just cannot function on the court together like i don't know there's something wrong in in jazz land and then on the flip side, uh, God, this was a good game with the the Nuggets just proving why people have them as dark horse contenders. Uh, it's yep. just they they've got so many weapons, especially with Murray back. Are they kind of like a? I mean, they don't have the same kind of players, right? Uh-huh. But in terms of of depth and gelling and just kind of team like ceiling, they're kind of like a really young Clippers light. Yeah, you know I mean? that's a good comparison. They've got they two have, stars and then a bunch of guys yeah. that play a role. They know how to play. They're yeah. just gamers. And anybody can go off at any game. Like Jerry and Grant had a great game. Uh, you know, yeah. Jamal Murray came back and was – and then Michael Porter Jr. has just been so solid this whole bubble. He's really stepped up and been that third B star for them. You want to hear a stat line for Michael Porter Jr.? Yes, I do. In the bubble, he is averaging 25.6 points. On fifty-three percent shooting from the field, um, well, where's his, his? Oh, fifty-three uh, percent from the field, forty-two um, percent from three, and ninety-six percent from the free throw line. Wow. Ninety-six. Dude. This guy is a guaranteed free throw line bucket. It's, Are you kidding me? Like I've been hating on the the Nuggets all bubble, but going into next season and beyond, if they can keep those three together, they've got three star players. They, yeah, and then a bunch of good role players that can score and know how to, like you said, know how to play. It's just they're exciting. I, I take back my previous comments. They are a fun team to watch. They are fun. No, I'm, I'm glad they're showing up to my dark horse pick early on. They they scare me for a bit there. They look pretty bad, but uh, I think yeah, I think they've come around a little bit here. They're warming up, and they they got Murray back. That was big. <laughs> yeah, he it's played phenomenal. There, it was so. a duel at the end there in the overtimes between him and Donovan. I love to see that. Yeah. I love when two young guys are confident and are just going at each other. Like uh, it's like they're playing one on one, but there's other guys on the floor almost. Oh yeah, and those two guys in particular. I mean, Murray's well known for being an agitator and a competitor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a lot of battles against the Lakers to prove that. So, like, yeah, it, it's fun to watch him go against anybody, and um, yeah, that, that was a good matchup. Yeah, if you were to watch one game. Uh, a backlog of the of this slate of games, I would say that was the best one to watch, possibly. Just as a game. Yeah. It was very entertaining. All right, next game. Uh, oh, another L for the Lakers. Um, another L. 
I mean, look, we've been talking about this off pod. Neither of us are that worried, really, about the Lakers' performance in these games but because we know they're going to step up in the playoffs. But still, I don't know how far they can step up. They just don't look like they have the pieces around Anthony Davis and LeBron if they're not playing well to make a run. Yeah, they really don't. It's like when Anthony Davis is not on, it seems like we lose in the bubble so far. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron had a decent game here for the first time. Um and yet it wasn't enough because Anthony Davis goes for eight and eight in 35 minutes. Yep. If you're getting eight points and eight rebounds from your all NBA player in 35 minutes of action, no doubt you lost. Um, <laughs> Cause on the other end, the Pacers are getting amazing contributions from TJ Warren yet again. The oh man is the gosh. leading scorer in the bubble. He's scoring 38.4 or 34.8 points a game. And in the bubble. not only is he lighting it up, he's, ending games he he just tore the lakers heart out at the end of this game with three huge buckets down the stretch two of which yeah. were over anthony davis which were phenomenal shots i mean as much as you know the pacers don't have possibly their best player right now they're another team that look like in the future they have so many weapons they look they are my dark horse contender for a title next season you know what not a bad idea i like that they, they do have a lot of players. Um, I'm just, I'm curious to see what they look like when Oladipo is at full strength or if this kind of is Oladipo full strength. I mean, it's it's been a minute since we saw, you know, that flash of all-star Oladipo that we fell in love with. Kind of like Dwayne Wade light almost, but he's looked good. I think he's looked good. He's found his rhythm back. He's been hitting his shots unlike he was in the regular season. But man, it was just a heartbreaker for the Lakers. It's It feels like we're down the entire game feels like we always start off slow. We always get down 10-0 or something like that. And the whole game, it's all about how can we put a run together to tie the game up. And by the time we get there, we just don't have any magic left. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. I think um, we don't have enough shooting. We don't have enough spacing. We don't have enough playmaking. So it's it's yeah. perimeter play that we're missing. Um, and right now, maybe there's a little bit of the, we don't care. We already locked up the one seed. We're kind of floating into the playoffs here. And I'm, I'm hoping that's the explanation um, because we all know what LeBron does in the playoffs. Right. Um, and so him having only his first good game here is pretty indicative of that to me that he just doesn't care right now about this ramp up. Yeah. It's more about getting into shape for him and getting into the flow and seeing what his teammates can do. Cause he does have a, a kind of a new complement of players to play with. So I'm hoping it's ramp up rust. And I actually think it might be good then, at the end of the day, the Blazers might be our matchup because they might be a wake-up call. If they come out and punch us in the mouth, we may have to start playing better right from the get-go, and that point. might be good for us. And then, then last little note here about the Lakers. Avery Bradley is looking real important now. I mean, not only can we not shoot, but we can't guard other people. Like the Pacers, again, shot 45 from three this game, 52 from the field. You can't expect to beat a team when you're not a three-point shooting team to let up over 40 percent from the three and over 50 from the field to another team that can't happen we need to be dominant defensively like the raptors if we're going to be able to supplement this horrible shooting you're right that can't happen we're going to need caruso to be uh much better uh he's shown flashes of really good defense he's been mm-hmm. good defensively throughout the year but he's gonna to have to step up in a big way which is a lot to ask for a guy that <laughs> was a 10j contract guy last year right? yeah so <laughs> and who's balling um, at 25 yeah, yeah. So I, I don't have much more to say. I'm just disappointed, but I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll turn it around in the playoffs. Amen. And TJ Warren, man, MVP of the bubble so far, in my opinion. 
<clears throat> All right, yeah. next game, another fantastic one, Suns Heat. Uh, I got to be honest, I put a lot of money down on a parlay expecting the Suns to run out of steam <laughs> and lose, uh, even though the, the Heat are down Butler once again. Uh, but, man, this was a good game. This was a. It shows how far the Suns have come. I really think that they're confident in their ability. They don't have that low, you know, uh, bottom of the barrel mentality they've had for the past few years. I think they're confident that, hey, we're a legit team now. We can make the playoffs. We can make some noise. Yeah, you know what? They, I mean, I said it before, and I'll say it again. They are the Cinderella story of the bubble right now. And since it's so March Madness-esque down there, um, any team could get hot, and any team could just ride that streak, you know? It's a, it's a weird situation. I mean, that'll kind of peter out in the playoffs when you got seven games to prepare for a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can game plan for just that team. Um, but right now, they're looking sh- nice with it. Uh, yeah. If you're going to have an all-NBA team for just the bubble, I think you got to have Devin Booker on their first team. He's been phenomenal. He's been lighting it up. He's been a real leader, man. So all of those Devin Booker doubters, man, he's been a real leader in kind of a tough situation here. So give him kudos. Throughout this game, it was almost like any time the Heat started to uh, make up ground late in the game in the fourth quarter, he'd make a play to extend that lead to four or five points and kind of take the air out of those sails. It, it's He's very uh, DeRozan-esque in the point where he knows how to get his shots. Like Kawhi Leonard Light, he knows where to get to get his shots. He can get to his spots where he's a high-percentage shooter, and it doesn't matter what the defense does. He's going to alter their positioning so he can get there no matter what. I really like the Kawhi Leonard comp because that's what it feels like. He gets to his spot. He knows where he's good from, and he can get to it mm-hmm. um, without fail, you know, mm-hmm. kind of right now. And seeing that kind of mastery from a guy that's still, I think, 24, maybe 25, something like that. He's 23, young. maybe. Um, like, that's impressive, uh-huh. man. So. Yeah, kudos to him. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, the rest of the Suns rosters is kind of filling in where needed. You know, they're shaping up to be some good players there. So, yeah, kudos to the Suns, man. We'll, we'll see if they can pull it off here. They are still two games back of the Grizz um, or two and a half. Um, let me think. Let me let me check the standings one real quick. Um, they're two games back of the Grizz. Yeah. So yeah. Portland is one and a is one and a half games. Yeah. So it's far from over if they want to get in there. They still need to be hot, but. The fact that they're here at this point where nobody had them even competing in the bubble is is pretty surprising. It is pretty surprising, yeah. Um, speaking of the Grizzlies, they got their first win. You know, We don't mm-hmm. have to touch on it too much, but they got off the schneid. Um, they're playing the Raptors today, but um, two days ago they played the the Thunder, yep. one of the hottest teams in the bubble, honestly, and they, they put the beat down on them, man. Yeah. They put the smack down. They won by 29 points. I think um, I yeah. think they're still a talented, dangerous team, even without Triple J. Uh, but I felt like they were running into fourth quarter lulls. I think they played a complete game in that game. They played full forty eight minutes and they got the dub. Yeah, one hundred percent. They definitely put it all together finally, and um, it, it kind of felt to me like the Thunder were maybe overlooking them a little bit. You know, they were maybe like, "Yeah, we've kind of been cooking. We're the talk of the bubble. Uh, we don't need to take seriously this Grizzlies team." And then they ran into a super desperate team in the Grizzlies that just, they needed the win and they played like it. So kudos to them. That win alone might get them in there. Yeah. That might get them into a playing game at least. So on the flip side, again, this, uh, you know, Butler less Drogic less heat, uh, even without two of their best players, they're just, they're just fun to watch. They just, 
these young guys, Robinson and Hero, mixed with these grizzled vets like Iguodala and Jay Crowder. They, it's just a weird team. It's just this mismatch of guys that are all bought into their their team system. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, I, I have a lot to say about all like the the kind of flaws on these teams and stuff. Um, but maybe I'll save it for a little bit later when we talk about talk about the Bucks um, and the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I think my only concern is that they really only have the one knockdown shooter in Dunkin' Donuts Robinson. Um, and so he's he's doing really well now, but he's basically their only threat from three. And so when you get to the playoffs, he's probably, I'm thinking, going to get the J.J. Redick uh, the Kyle Korver treatment where people yeah. are just going to face guard him, chase him all around. They're going to dedicate defenders to him because he's gathered that much respect respect in just this one year. So yeah, I agree. Um, and he still lit it up. Yeah. But we'll see in the playoffs how, how he deals with that sort of, you know, dedicated defensive attention. I mean, I think it says a lot about their potential to win a series in the playoffs that they're down three starters, well, two starters and one six man. And they still almost pull out a win against the hottest team in the bubble. They didn't have none, no Drogic and no Butler. And then guys like Hero step up, almost put up a triple double. They're just they're just fun. They're just an amoeba of a team that kind of adjusts to whatever situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I like them. They work hard and they are fun. They got a lot of good young gritty guys, and I like it. Mm-hmm. You always like some grit. <laughs> some grit. So it came down to the wire and uh once again, Booker and the Suns just pulled it off. Yep. Yep. Do you want to move on to the Bucks Mavs? Oh yeah. This is this I take my previous statement. This is this was the best game of the night. Yeah. You know what's surprising to me is that the Bucks took it seriously. Like mm-hmm. I thought having the one seed locked up, having, you know, kind of a few embarrassing games, maybe that's the why. Maybe, you know, them not performing up to snuff in this bubble so far. Um, maybe that's why they came out and took this seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to get maybe a little bit of flow back, but uh, little to, did they know that the Mavs would come out and punch them in the face. <laughs> wow! So this was a game of performances. You had Giannis and Lopez lighten it up on the Buck side, and then you Career had high? Uh, Sorry, season high for Lopez. Yeah, dude, he was stroking it, and then he was also getting those little turnaround shots, looking like old Brooklyn Lopez. It was. It was fun to watch. I don't love Lopez, but when he when he's hitting those deep threes, it's hard not to be in awe that this seven footer is launching from four feet behind the line. And think, just think, the Lakers could have had him for a minimum contract. I don't even want to talk about Magic Johnson's moves. Let's just let's just talk <laughs> about Luca. What do you have to say about the phenomenal triple double performance by Luka Doncic? I mean, he's just incredible. I I've kind of run out of words to describe Luca. Um, wonder boy is wonderful. Uh, he's, you know, he went for 36, 19 and 14 in this one, 36 points, 19 assists, 14 rebounds. I mean, that's a Russell Westbrook stat stuff in line. If you've ever seen one, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and obviously more efficient than peak Russell Westbrook was. So he's averaging 33, 11 and 11 in the bubble right now. And it's all necessary because he is the engine that drives that offense. Yeah. He just he just looks fun. Like he's got a little magic esque vibe to him, right? Where he just kind of sees the floor more than the other people uh-huh. out there. Um, I, I mean, that one dish late in the game between his legs. I mean, that come on, man. You just style it on people now. That in an great. overtime when it's a two point <laughs> game. Overtime. 
in a crunch time game like play and he's pulling that out oh man that's that's nasty to be fair i know we're not talking about them this pod but james harden does something like that every game and he doesn't get enough credit i he's the most hated and underrated player in the league but that's a different that's a different subject because yeah because he's always trying to draw fouls and being you know true it's not great to watch but anyways you know how i forgot who it was i think it was reggie miller or somebody like that that said that Jokic is the reincarnation of Larry Bird. I <laughs> actually see Luca as the reincarnation of Pistol Pete. That's what I'm seeing right now. Ooh, I love that. The showmanship, the flair, just the launch it from anywhere attitude. He's just this complete offensive player that there's absolutely no holes in his game. You could argue his three-point efficiency, uh, but given that he has the ball in his hands, all his three-point shots are step-back threes, so I think that'll improve with time. But Man, he's just watching this game. We haven't talked about the Mavericks a lot um, during these podcasts. One, because they haven't been winning a lot of games. And two, they're kind of just in limbo. They're stuck in that seventh seed. But sitting down and watching an entire Luka game against possibly the best team in the league, he was mesmerizing. Every play he had the ball, every play he was doing something, he was either getting the assist or the hockey assist, drawing a double team. I, I'm at a loss for words, honestly. He's, he's a different type of player. Yeah, I mean, when you're going up against the presumptive two-time MVP on the other team, and you're the only thing that anybody can look at on the screen, mm-hmm. that says something. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that says how special you are. And it's, I'm going to reiterate it, it's not like the Bucks sat their starters. They took this game yeah. seriously. I mean, sure, Giannis and Middleton only played like, uh, I think it was like 33 and 36 minutes respectively. Yep. But that's kind of what they do all season. Like, that's just what they do. Giannis is only averaged like 32 minutes a game this season. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of that's because they blow out teams. He has to sit, but yeah, but he doesn't play that much in a game, you know, because he plays so hard the minutes he's in. So this was like they took this game seriously. This was a real game that the Bucks wanted to win, and the Mavs, they took it, man. They wanted it and they took it. I mean, I think this game kind of highlighted the good of both teams and the bad. Like number yeah. one, starting with the Mavericks, they have such a potent, historically fantastic offense, yet these games are close that they're putting up all these points because they can't guard. They can't get stops. They can't get consecutive stops. And I think that's something that if they're going to be a contender, that's the one thing they got to change. The offense is there. Don't adjust any of that. That offense can keep up with anybody in the league, even the 2017 Warriors, but their defense is so horribly inconsistent and so full of holes that it keeps them from being a great team. And then on the flip side with the Bucks. They should have won this game. They had this game if George Hill could hit an open three. He's been the most deadly three-point shooter in the league, and he fell short this game. He fell short, and, I mean, they had three chances on that. I mean, they had two tip-ins right after that last that last uh, three mm-hmm. attempt by George right? mm-hmm. that also didn't go in. So, yeah, they really could have had this one. They should have had this one. And I'm, I'm going to go off on the Bucks for a bit here because, like, they've not looked good great in mm-hmm. the bubble right we've gone through this this is not a new new point um yeah. they clearly have some kinks and some working out of stuff to do um they've dropped three of the five games in the bubble right now so mm-hmm. they've only won two games and one of those was over the depleted heat that we talked about missing butler and Dragic. so they've not been really impressive and it it kind of makes you think like had the season continued like normal would we have seen this drop off in play from the bucks like would they have hit these bumps and fallen in the standings? I mean, remember Giannis was hurt too. So yeah. maybe, maybe they really would have, maybe they like, would have been worse than this. Um, um, and maybe the Raptors would have catched them. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to believe no, 
in this situation. I think it's maybe just the situation, the bubble, the ramp up, this kind of out of nowhere, once a lifetime sort of situation that they're dealing with that because we've seen so many good teams stumble here, right? Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. just the Bucks. You're Pretty right. much every contender except the Raptors up until uh, Thursday night, and then the Raptors stumbled Thursday night. Had all the other contenders had stumbled until then, right? Um, so there, there was a bit. There's a bit, I think, of just bubble ball being weird. That's that's hitting every team. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this game was. What frustrated me about this game is that there were so many wide open threes missed because guys like Giannis and Luca create so many. Like, you got five seconds to shoot a three type shots. And guys were missing them. George Hill, uh, you know, uh, Pat Connington, DiVincenzo. And then on the other side, you had Kleba, which I think he missed, I don't know, like five wide open threes. And Seth Curry. It yeah. was it was an exciting game because of the star potential. But I think it showed why I don't think the Bucks are going to make it this year is because their role players have to be consistent every game. And when you're not playing at home, you're playing in this bubble area. I think they're too volatile that they could be taken out of the game and then you're left with just how much Giannis can do for you. I, I agree 100%. They are so Giannis dependent, it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds you maybe a little bit. I mean, they're much deeper. They're a much better team. Yeah. But when the Bucks' complementary players are not playing well, it reminds you very much of shades of LeBron James' early Cleveland years where he's just dragging a team with his all-star performances. And that's not a good comp to ever have. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> because like that, that's just, it's hard to win that way. You, you, I guess you can't win that way, even with maybe the GOAT. <laughs> like, so Chris Middleton, is he's been playing very well. He's been very consistent and solid. Hasn't done anything flashy, but um, it's just, they're, they're talented. They, they show that all year that they're deep and they have a great bench. But it's obviously clear that in order to beat the good teams, they need a good performance from the bench. It can't all just be on this. Yeah, but you know, like I said earlier, I think all the contenders have hit this, right? I yeah. Mean, you just go down the list. Like, in the bubble, the Lakers can't hit a shot from outside 15 feet, mm-hmm. right? The the Clips can't really get healthy, and they sometimes look just disinterested, which is a problem all season, I guess. But sometimes they just look like they don't even care about playing basketball. Um, the Bucks, obviously, like we just said, they look mortal, and they look very low on playmaking behind Giannis. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. Um, and the Celtics, you know, they can't put it all together on the same night <laughs> with all their good players. You know, sometimes they get good players, good performances from everybody. Sometimes they don't. It's really inconsistent. Uh, and Kemba's still on that minutes restriction. Yeah. Um, you go back to the West, the Nuggets, they're missing three of their best six players for most of these games. Like Jamal just came back. And Jokic is maybe the most inconsistent player in his effort where mm-hmm. he just like ebbs and flows according to the moon. I don't know. The Sixers <laughs> are a mess. The Heat are a short or one real star. You know, they're short one star of a real contender. Um, and, and like I mentioned, they have no shooting outside of Dunkin' Donuts. Um, the Mavs, like we saw today, they you know they can't guard a paper back. Yeah. <laughs> the Thunder are fun, but missing the top end kind of talent you generally see in a in a contender, in a contender you know they're probably just going to destined for a second round exit at most. And now on Thursday, the Raps did lose the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics took them behind the shed and worked them for forty eight minutes. I mean, yeah, let's so, talk about that game. That was that was our pick'em game, and I lost horribly. I even got the spread, and the Celtics just put the beat down on the Raptors. They did. They put the beat down on them, man. Like they laid it on them heavy from the start. It was ugly. It was an ugly game. Not so much because guys were able to get looks. It was more just these teams are just so stingy defensively 
that it's almost when you play them, it's a shock compared to the other teams. Like you could go from playing the Mavericks one game and getting every shot you need and you're just, it's a shootout. And then you run into the Celtics or the Raptors the next game. And it's like, whoa, like these dudes rotations, you got to move the ball six times to get an open three. That's a really good point that I had not really thought of. I mean, the disparity between like the strengths of these teams is, is really daunting right? When you go from game to game like that, and that'll change in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big thing that will not happen in the play. You'll have one team for seven games. You can game plan. So maybe we'll see, you know, a lot of these flaws that we were talking about kind of fall by the wayside. Um, I, I just wanted to mention one more point about all the flaws and the teams that we were just talking about. Um, I Weirdly, I think we're in a kind of really healthy spot in the league because of all that, right? There's more parity than ever. Mm-hmm. Basically, since we've seen since what, like 2015, yep. the year before Golden State rose to power? Or I guess you could even reach back all the way to 2011 when the Heatles, you know, got together. Like, since then, is this the most parity we've ever seen in the league? I mean, I don't know if it's good for the league. By far, right? Definitely. Like, I don't know if it's good for the league commercially because everybody knows that dynasties are kind of like the money makers in sports. You know, that's what draws the casual fan. And, oh, Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl again. I know who he is. Let's let's tune in, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, those are the things that casual fans come to watch. But for, like, us diehard pure fans of the sport. I think this is awesome. Seeing like so many flawed teams that really any one of them could get hot and win it all. I think that's awesome and exciting. It's like March Madness goosebumps. I agree. And I, the only thing I disagree with is that I think that people were tired of the dynasty. People were sick of watching golden state win the game in the third quarter and then sit their guys the rest of the game. It was, it was like true NBA fans were getting to see some teams they liked, but you knew full well when it gets to the playoffs and it gets to the conference finals that it doesn't matter. The, the Warriors are just so far above everybody. And you're right, this parody, even the contenders, even the super teams, like not super teams, but the, the high-end teams like the Bucks and the, the Lakers and the Clippers, even they look beatable. And you're right, it's just it's super exciting to come into this once-in-a-generation type event, this, tur- this AAU tournament of grown men. It, it's never looked more fun for the playoffs and I cannot wait. It's never, I, I enjoy it immensely right now. And I, I've gone on the record before. I don't know if I did on the podcast, but in social media and with my friends and stuff. And um, I don't think this is a real NBA championship. Um, like that's what I said at the beginning, because it's, it's just such a weird situation. You know, everybody tries to compare it to the lockout seasons, but at least those were continuous. Once they started, they didn't stop. Um so this is just a one-off situation. I think you're not competing for an NBA championship. You're competing for like a, a bubble championship, this once-in-a-lifetime award. Um, but with every passing day, I'm starting to get more and more on the it counts fence because mm-hmm. this is tough. It's It's got challenges just like any other NBA season, and everybody's going through the same thing. So maybe it really does count. Maybe it's the same sort of thing. It's, you know, I think I barring know. a coronavirus outbreak, knock on wood, I think it counts. It's it feels like it counts. These guys are bought in. Everybody in the bubble, except for maybe the Wizards and the Kings, maybe. But they feel like, look, this is legit. This is we're all. You're right. It's all level playing field. We're all going through the same thing. It's who can gel the quickest and who can maximize their talent come playoff time. And I feel like teams are getting in their grooves. They're working out the kinks. It doesn't look ugly. It looks like normal NBA basketball. I think this counts i could be wrong we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple months but and the nba is back we're talking basketball what a better place to be yeah can't complain man i'm so happy ball's back um so woo, we went through all that finally yeah went through all the games that was fun exciting got a lot to talk about 
Um, you got anything else you want to want to throw out here real quick before we transition? Well, um, as long as it's you know not subject based, uh, Tom Brady looks amazing, and Tom barring Brady. an NFL shutdown, the Tampa Bay Bucks are my pick to win it all. Okay, whatever. Get out of here with your Tom Brady. <laughs> Jacob is a Patriots fan. So yeah. Send mm, hate I don't know well. about that. I was a Tom fan. It's like when I had that infatuation with Steve Nash in the mid-late 2000s. Yeah, that's fair. It was more just a fan of the player than the team. You know what? I, I will give you that. You are more of a Tom Brady than Patriots fan. Yeah. So yeah. But I mean, still, Tom Brady. Come on, guys. The GOAT. He's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> He is the goat. I can't deny it. No one can. Um, we'll, we'll see. It'll be an exciting year. I'm excited for Carson Wentz. Looks jacked. He does. Looks look ready huge. to lead this team. So. But you guys are down your best receiver. Who knows? We are down our best right before the season. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. We don't need to talk football. It's too early, man. It's too early to talk football. Um. Yeah, so uh, do you have a, a segment plan for this last closing uh, kind of 10 minutes or so? Uh, why don't we pick uh, pick our teams? Let's do a pick them. Let's do a pick them. All right. Let's hit it. So we kind of recapped it earlier, but um, I did win the pick them. I even the score at 1-1. I, I, I called the Celtics even though I didn't believe in them, and they uh, they put the smack down on the wraps. Um, so we are 1-1 in the in the bubble so far. Do you, I was kind of thinking, do you just want to pick just the ramp up games? Like, I don't think we should, I think we should end it after the ramp up games, call that a, a bet ending. And then maybe we can do bets on the playoffs that are. Separate. I agree. Yeah. Cause we're tied right now. It's close. It's down the home stretch. That's a good idea. So I have a couple suggestions. Okay. We have a couple good ones here. We got, we could do Pacers heat, Raptors bucks or nuggets Lakers. Um, why don't we do multiple? Like, why don't we do one from each night? Okay. Like we can do. What was the first one you mentioned? The, All those were are tomorrow. Uh, those are tomorrow. Yeah, we could do the Sixers Blazers. Might be the most parody game that's going to happen today. Yeah, you want to do that? I I kind of want to. Okay. Like I want to pick the the game today. Yeah. Like let's let's do Sixers Blazers. Do you want to want to pick that one today? And then we'll also pick, uh, wh- you know whichever one you want from tomorrow's slate. All right. I will take the Sixers. As much as I hate them, I think that Embiid's going to go off and kind of dominate. Um, and I think they're going to end the Blazers' hopes of passing into the eighth seed. You think they're going to end it? Okay, okay. Um, I'm, I'm looking up the odds right now because um, I, I want to give you a line for this. Um, so if you if you want to keep talking about that, I'm just going to look it up really quickly. And then uh, um, since I'm taking the under team, I guess I'll get to pick the my pick for the next day. And I kind of want to do I want to do Raptors Bucks, and I want to stick with my guys. I want to take the Raptors. You're gonna stick with your guys, right? Okay, you're gonna take the Raptors. You know what? Um, I'll definitely take your action on the Blazers Sixers game. I'm gonna pick Blazers. Um, I'll spot you three points because that's what it is in Vegas. And Blazers minus okay. three. Um, so that'll be the line, um, which is almost a pick them, right? But <laughs> it's very hard to lose by two points. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of don't want to take the bucks, but I guess. Okay, I how will. about how about Lakers Nuggets? Uh, ooh, which side are you going on that one? I think the Lakers are going to get to, get it together. 
Oh, because I think the Nuggets will take it. Okay, good. On the Let's do it straight That's up. I don't care what the odds are. I'm taking the Lakers. All right. So I'll, I'll spot you three on the Blazers Sixers because the Blazers are a minus three. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just do a pick them on the Lakers Nugs. I like All that. Right. I got Nugs Blazers. You got Sixers Lakers. We'll see like uh, if your underperforming teams beat my overperforming teams. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, all right cool um did you have like a top of the minute segment or did you want to want to do that or did you i think we could save it for later i think we covered enough material <laughs> all right i like it yeah we, we we have gone a little bit long here but i, I like the long ones i don't know i'm kind of partial to them. um all right so uh yeah i guess we'll sign out for now i have one thing to say get a boo get a boo that's it short sweet to the point i love it uh for both of us i hope you had a great time with us today and uh we'll see you later peace